I'm Jessica Harris, and welcome to my welcome table. Gather round this special table. It's scarred with memories, pitted with burned spots from hot skillets, and decorated with moisture rings from frosty glasses of lemonade, beer bottles, bourbon and ginger ale, and untold goblets of red wine. This table will be our flying carpet as we travel around the world. I'll share some of my secret spots. We'll meet new friends and reconnect with old ones. Sometimes, the table will be covered with fine porthote linen and my mother's bone china, and we'll sup on caviar and champagne. Other times, we'll cover it with yesterday's news and hanker down for a crawfish boil or a lobster supper. Whatever the meal, by the end of our time together, we'll have shared some special friends, sacred spots, and the food, drink, and music that connects them. So come, join me at my welcome table. Hi, this is Adolfo Garcia from Rio Mar Restaurant Group. I'm here at the welcome table. My name is Gail McDonough. I'm sitting at the welcome table. Hi, my name is Sean McCusker. I am the owner partner of Sylvain, and I am sitting at the welcome table. My name is Nancy Harrell, and I'm sitting at the welcome table. My name is Kerry Moody, and I'm sitting at the welcome table. My name is Susan Spicer. I'm chef at Bayona Restaurant in New Orleans, and I'm sitting at the welcome table. Ladies and gentlemen, flight number 2635 would service to New Orleans. We ask that you remain seated in the Compass Point, 29.59 degrees north, 90.15 degrees west, New Orleans, the Crescent City, the Big Easy. It is the home of the American cocktail, one of the best-eaten cities in the country, if not the world. My second city, and the spot on the compass that we'll visit on this very first edition of My Welcome Table. I must have been marked as a child. For my sixth Christmas, my Uncle Jim, whom I adored, gave me a record player that played 78s. Yeah, I'm that old. It came with two records. One was Jambalaya by Hank Williams. The other, Shrimp Boat, sung by Joe Stafford. Needless to say, I wore them out, and that was vinyl. And their words became embedded in my DNA. It took more than 20 years after that before I made my first trip to New Orleans. But when I did, it was as though that distant soundtrack had come alive. On my very first trip to the city, I managed to connect with Dillard University, an historically black college where the late singer Ray Charles established a program in African-American material culture with a specialty in food and folklore. I saw a jazz funeral, roamed the French Quarter, and met a woman who is without question the empress of Creole cooking in that city. I also discovered that my soul absolutely sings in the town of cast iron balconies and neutral grounds, where turning a corner can bring you to a shaded graveyard filled with above ground tombs, or a street musician playing lonesome songs on a saxophone. Following the aroma of caramelizing sugar with your nose can take you to a praline shop, 
and chasing the scent of garlic can land you in an Italian eatery where they're serving spaghetti with red gravy. The scent of frying grease? Well, that can lead you just about anywhere to catfish or chicken or even pickles at a restaurant named Prawling Connection. If you're smart and don't let your nose lead you too far off the track, you'll head directly to the spot on Orleans Avenue, known as Dookie Chase Restaurant, to taste the Creole specialties and hopefully meet with the doyenne of that place, Mrs. Leah Chase. And I had the honor of interviewing her there in October of 2011 for the Southern Storytellers series at the Ogden Museum of Southern Art. She spoke about her childhood and growing up in Madisonville, Louisiana, a small town in the country, and about coming to New Orleans for school. I go so far back I can't remember well, what I liked as a child. I, Because, you know, look at my age, you know, you didn't have a choice when you were a child. You ate whatever they put in front of you or starved to death, one of the two. <laughs> uh, so I ate good things. In, in Madisonville, when we were coming up, you know, we had a lot of fresh food, hardly any meat. So I was a vegetarian before it was fashionable <laughs> to be a vegetarian, but just nice food. I it was never a big dessert eater. I liked food. Uh, I just liked good food, Jess. Mm -hmm. just, okay. just good food. Just plain good food. Food that tastes good, a good biscuit uh, with some good butter. I can make a lifetime on that. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a favorite food, a favorite dish, something that you crave occasionally? Yeah. You never believe it. It's meatballs and spaghetti. I don't know why, but I and my mother never liked to make meatballs because she hated them. But I love meatballs and spaghetti. And you know, I found out my favorite all-time World War II general liked the same thing I did. So I really go for my meatballs and spaghetti. That was General Patton. Let's flash forward a little bit. How did you meet Mr. Chase? That's another question. <laughs> I hated musicians. I hated them um, because another thing, my uncle used to say musicians were lazy people, musicians were this, musicians. Musicians were not looked on as great people mm -hmm. back then. They were just people who entertained somebody. And they, you know, when Louis Armstrong first started, my grandfather took me and he showed me the picture. He said, you see this man? He can beat anybody in the world. I thought that was the greatest thing I ever heard. At Dookie Chase Restaurant, Mrs. Chase has served everyone from presidents to pop singers. And she remembers not only all of them, but much of what they ate and what they wanted to eat. I went to Dookie Chase to get something to eat. The waiter looked at me and said, Ray, you sure look me now. But you meet good people in a restaurant. Uh, and I remember everything they ate, like Count Basie. We didn't know what Heineken beer was because all we had was Jack's Regal and Dixie, <laughs> Falstaff. That's all we knew. So he wanted Heineken. So he introduced us to Heineken, Heineken beer. beer. Dickie had to go find him some Heineken beer. So everybody comes and leave you a little something. And you, you remember them by that. Lena Horne loved her fried chicken. Every time she came, Sarah Vaughan loved what we call stuffed crabs. She always called them crab cakes. And mm. I, I would send them to her in California. 
right. before she died. So you, you remember them by the food they ate. The funniest thing was when cold came, not cold came, I wasn't in the restaurant that morning. He came and he asked for his eggs. So Dookie called me all excited. I was still at home. He said, uh, Nat Cole is here and he wants fermented eggs. I said, what? Fermented eggs, do you know what that is? I said, no, but I'm coming down there now and I was a block away from the restaurant. So I said, I'll come and see what he wants. And you had to know how Nat spoke, kind of through his nose, like, and with that, he wanted a four-minute egg. <laughs> and, you know, Nat said, I want a four-minute egg. So he, they thought it was a fermented egg. Fermented egg, egg. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I had to give him his four-minute eggs. But you meet people like that, and it, it's just a little something you remember them by. And... I remember Ray Charles so well because Dookie truly loved. Dookie was the first person to bring Ray Charles to New Orleans. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. After he left his big band, then he started promoting bands. Okay. He brought Ray Charles here. He loved Ray. Mrs. Chase loves her city. And on any given Saturday morning, you might find her shopping at what is one of my favorite spots, the Crescent City Farmer's Market on Magazine Street in the Arts District. Shopping is one of my all-time favorite indoor and outdoor sports. And one of my New Orleans shopping secrets is that farmer's market. There, I can pick up hostess gifts of pepper jelly or even an orchid plant to give to someone who spends more time at home than I do. The tables at the market are piled high with an array of fruits and vegetables that changes seasonally, but there are always homemade goods that morph with the seasons as well. Beginning in late October, the citrus starts to come in with the satsumas that lead the way. Now, I didn't know satsumas until I got to New Orleans, but they are amazing. It's a citrus fruit, and it's got a long history. The fruit was originally brought from Asia to New Spain by the Jesuits, and groves started by the Jesuits in the 18th century existed in Plaquemines Parish, Louisiana, and have continued until this day. Well, the fruit became much more common in the United States starting in the 19th century. But um, the idea is it's something that has a long and deep history in Louisiana. They are delicious. They start out green. They look a little bit like Clementine mandarins. And then they morph and get sweeter and sweeter as the season goes on. I almost didn't make it back to New York City because I was hauling eight plus pounds of satsuma along with pralines pecan brittle, pecan bacon brittle from my favorite praline shop, Leah's Candies in the French Quarter, and the usual impedimenta of travel in my world, books, music, computer, iPad, iPod, and whatever has caught my fancy in the local markets. There are only two things worse for me than a farmer's market, an antique store or a bookshop, and New Orleans has wonderful ones. There is one antique store, though, that captures the undivided attention of any food lover, Lucullus at 610 Charter Street in the French Quarter. It's named for the Roman general who was famed for his love of food. In fact, he became so connected with banqueting that the word Lucullan now means lavish, luxurious, and occasionally even gourmet. He was written about and dined so well and so lavishly that both Cicero and Pompey wondered how he did it. Well, they never found out. But at Lucullus in the Quarter, you might find some things that you want to dine luxuriously with as well. And then 
there are the bookstores. They actually print maps of the used bookstores of the city, and I swear I've probably been to all of them because they're always amazing books, not only books about the city, but books from the writers who live in the city and so forth. One of the things that's so amazing is there's even a cookbook shop. It's called Kitchen Witch, and it's around the corner from Lucullus in the quarter. There you can find new books and old books and chef's cookbooks from chefs like Susan Spicer, John Besh, and Donald Link. One of the things to pick up, Lost Restaurants of New Orleans and the Recipes That Made Them Famous by Peggy Scott Laborde and Tom Fitzmaurice. It lists all of those restaurants that have gone and offers some of their recipes so you can capture the past on a plate. Soon enough, though. Soon enough. In this city that seriously honors America's cocktail tradition, it's time for a drink. Whether it's a Pimm's Cup at the Napoleon House, a Sazerac at the Sazerac Bar, or simply a little tot of absinthe at the restaurant of the same name, it's always time for a drink in New Orleans. But before settling in for an hour or two of imbibing, let's make a small detour to the Museum of the American Cocktail. It's located inside the Southern Food and Beverage Museum at the Riverwalk Marketplace. Now this small museum celebrates that most New Orleans way of kicking back and relaxing in artifacts and in lectures on amazing subjects like the cocktail traditions of Cuba or Hemingway's Paris. But I can tell by the pricking of my thumbs, it's time for me to settle down for a drink. Hi, I'm Casey McMurray. I'm a bartender at Sylvain and I'm sitting at the welcome table. So now, let's see how you make this mint julep. I'm taking the mint and I am picking them off of the leaves, the strands, and I'm going to muddle the mint into the tin shaker. ounces of bullet dry bourbon. Then I'm going to take the ice. I'm going to shake the tin. I'm going to get a fresh glass of ice. And then I'm going to double strain the cocktail so the mint leaves do not get into the drink. going to take a fresh mint leaf and slap it on my hand to release the oils. Stick it in the drip and voila. Thank you so much. But before we head to the airport, there's one last stop for another favorite culinary tradition, Sunday brunch. Whether Galatoire's, Café de Gas, or a friend's home, Nothing beats winding down the weekend with those you love, and there's no better place than Commander's Palace. My name is Lally Brennan, and I'm sitting at the welcome table. 
My name is Daphne Derman, and I'm sitting at the welcome table. I'm Betty Fussell, and I, too, am sitting at the welcome table. Now, we'll revisit my second city often, because there's no better place to set a spell and just savor. But for now, it's goodbye. And I look forward to next month when I hope that you'll join me again at my welcome table. Until then. Keep my feeling good and greasy when I'm gone, gone, gone. Keep my feeling good and greasy when I'm gone, gone, gone. Keep my feeling good and greasy when I'm gone.